Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 69 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 126 of Recetopia continues. Happy Thursday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was AEW Dynamite going down live from the UW Milwaukee Panther Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we are three days away from Forbidden Door, a New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW production going down live from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. This card has gone through some changes in the last few weeks due to CM Punk's injury and the card is stacked and loaded, but in some ways it's a bit underwhelming in terms of build. In all honesty, this is going to be a very good show, but it's going to go back to what could have been in terms of the hype at the end of the day. If you're a hardcore New Japan pro wrestling fan that's been ride or die for this AEW collaboration for a very long time, this is great news for you. But some fans want a bit more. They want a bit extra sauce to this show. It might over deliver in the ring on Sunday, which will be a great thing, but you want to feel hyped in every way. And that reaction varies across the board. And I'm going to go through Dynamite in a very abridged way because I reviewed the show earlier today on the Dynamite show alongside Paul Fontaine and Jeff Hawkins from the Fight Game Media Network Plus family. And I'm a part of the fam as well as I do shows every week via the wrap on the free version of Fight Game Media Network. And I do monthly shows alongside my co-host Scott Young covering classic WWE pay-per-views leading into the modern day show. So if you so choose to drop $5 in the tip jar, it's completely voluntary. All you got to do is click the link below the show description for patreon.com backslash Media. And if you subscribe, you will get classic retro raw reviews, a AEW Dynamite recap show, a five-star Joshi podcast covering all things Joshi wrestling that ties directly into stardom and ice ribbon, and so much more in terms of MMA and boxing and pop culture. It runs the gamut. If you choose to support, it's fantastic because it's a way to support what we do, which is churn out great content for listeners that appreciate it on the regular. So once again, you can sign up via patreon.com backslash fight game media today for $5 a month, a great way to support myself and my colleagues via the fight game media network. And with that, let's take a deep dive into last night's AEW Dynamite, which kicked off with the American dragon, Brian Danielson. And he has been teasing an update regarding his status for Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts going down next Wednesday in Detroit, Michigan. And there was a dream match on the cards for Forbidden Door. It was supposed to be Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr., the ultimate battle of technical wrestlers that are two of the best to ever do it for the record. And he has been clamoring for this dream match. He wants to crush the trachea of Zack Sabre Jr. He wanted to be a part of Blood and Guts as well, but he has some bad news to share in that he is not medically cleared to compete at the pay-per-view or Blood and Guts next Wednesday. But he is doing fine from a brain function standpoint. He can churn out words with the quickness. He can run two miles a day. He is still in tip-top shape physically, but he's not 100% just yet. But he'll be back soon. In the meantime, he will have a surrogate in his place for Forbidden Door and Blood and Guts next Wednesday on TBS. And he still touts this for being a great wrestling week for New Japan, AEW, and pro wrestling fans as a whole. And he goes to a promo. He cut on Eddie Kingston several weeks ago saying that I am, in fact, a judgmental prick. But you got to trust this judgmental prick's judgment heading into blood and guts next Wednesday. So he has picked a surrogate to take his place at the pay-per-view and blood and guts. 
and he trusts this person to get the job done. He trusts this person's ability to be the absolute best, to bring that fire to AEW in every sense of the word. Who could this possibly be? And the fans chant, who, like the New Day. And Brian Danielson says, I'm not telling you. Remember, I walk through the Hill Tunnel. I am the bad guy. So I guess you got to find out on Sunday. He drops the mic, the fans boo, because they wanted to know who this possibly could be heading into the pay-per-view and blood and guts next Wednesday. And he spoke very strongly. I know this person. I trust this person. I'm right or die for this person. If I had to guess, it could very well be Cesaro, Claudio. He has been a free agent for months now. And I believe it might be time for him to make his AEW debut against Zack Sabre Jr., who came out after Danielson's promo, but I don't know for sure. We'll see, because I know there is some backstage beef between Kingston and Cesaro, and we know real-life beef can translate into some people not sharing airspace like Cabana and CM Punk, for example. So we'll see how it goes between now and Sunday as Danielson has a tease in terms of who will be taking his place for two major events in the span of three days in AEW. Next up is a six-man tag team match featuring Rapongi Vice's Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero, and Orange Cassidy versus Aussie Opens, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, and the IWGP United States Champion, Will Ospreay. And I thought this was a really fun party match, and I absolutely adored Orange Cassidy in this match, he has been missed dearly in an AEW ring over the past few months. A very light sloth shin kicks to Fletcher and Davis. The light tag of the foot to Rocky Romero. Everything Orange did was fantastic. He knew how to pick up speed with the double hurricanrana and the tornado DDT as well to Fletcher at one point. And the action picks up when Fletcher drops Tramperetta with a spiked power driver after countering Strong Zero in a pretty nifty spot. From there, Osprey goes for that ambitious backflip into a dive onto Cassidy. Cassidy got his hands in his pockets, avoids the dive, and Osprey's wiped out with a crossbody courtesy of Rocky Romero. Beretta fights off Aussie open. Orange gets the hot tag, and he drops Mark Davis with the orange punch for the win. A great victory for Orange ahead of his IWGP US title match against Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door on Sunday. That could be a show stiller. Ospreay and Orange Cassidy is a very unique matchup. I expect both men to deliver big in Chicago come Sunday night. Next up is Christian Cage cutting one of the best damn promos in 2022. He came out there getting that heel heat in Milwaukee. The fans tell him to shut the fuck up, and there is a camera cut to a little boy saying, shut the fuck up. Now, I don't think that is the kind of language a five-year-old needs to hear, but I digress on all of that as Christian Cage explains his actions dating back to last year's Double to Nothing when Jungle Boy cost Christian Cage the bonus by winning the Casino Battle Royale, earning a shot at the AEW World Championship against Kenny Omega last summer. And Christian Cage has been stewing ever since. He's not here to elevate young talent. He's here for the check and the check alone. And he's not here for the fly-by-night matches that are not remembered in a week's time. He's about leaving a legacy that is so great that you name pay-per-views after his matches. And then he goes in on Jungle Boy's family. Because we cut to some after-dynamite footage that was played on the big screen. And it shows 
Jungle Boy's mom and sister flipping Christian caged a bird. And Christian says, you raised a piece of shit repeatedly. Great heel heat. We cut back live and Christian Cage says it looks like Jungle Boy's mom was sweet on old Christian Cage. And she wanted a father figure for her son. Well, I will never be that for Jungle Boy. I will never be a father or a father figure to him because he had a father and his father's dead. And it's a good thing his father's dead because he won't get to see his son be an utter disappointment every time he's out here losing matches without my guidance or help and the fans went nuclear at the mention of Luke Perry even in passing because that's just tasteless no matter the circumstances and this leads to Luchasaurus coming out to defend Jungle Boy and he's choking Christian Cage out in the corner but Christian begs off saying think about Marco's stunt think about what happened to him let's have a private conversation away from these losers in Milwaukee you're like a son to me. Let's talk it out. And Luchasaurus, the dumbass dinosaur, gotta say it. He lets Christian go and they walk away. Now, I don't know what leverage Christian Cage has on Luchasaurus. Maybe he'll be as heavy moving forward. Maybe he'll be the Tyson Tomko of the 2022s. I don't know. But it was a very curious way to end this segment. And I'm afraid that Jungle Boy is in for a world of pain if he has to face his former tag team partner in the not too distant future I gotta say Christian Cage was fantastic on the mic he is absolutely savage when need be he is a scumbag he is an asshole he's a great heel I think using Luke Perry's death for heel heat was a bit much you know I'm not a fan of using people's pain as a way to get heat I called out MJF for that several times last year. Christian is not exempt from that. And I know he probably got Jungle Boy's permission to do what he did. But at the same time, some tact would be nice because we know that Luke Perry left us far too soon via a stroke three years ago. And I just thought this was a bit too much. The heat was coming. No need to add on to it, but it makes Christian Cage a villain in this story from beginning to end. And I cannot wait for Jungle Boy to come back and whoop that ass accordingly. And he might have to save some for Luchasaurus if Christian Cage stays in his ear long term. Next up is the final qualifying match for the All-Atlantic Championship. That champion will be crowned at Forbidden Door this Sunday. And our final matchup involved Penta Escudo versus Malachi Black. And this match was very good as both guys always give their all in the ring. And I loved the Malachi Black is giving us a little bit more of Aleister Black from his time in NXT with a beautiful moonsault on the outside to Penta midway through this match. Penta was favoring his back due to hitting a backstabber on Black earlier in the match. And he proceeded that with a typical hero through the ropes as well, which might have aggravated the issue beforehand. And we are back from our picture in picture commercial break with Penta going for a Penta driver, but Black avoids that, and Penta is able to avoid a heel kick and hit an Enziguri, followed by a rolling cutter through the ropes to Black, but Black responds with that aforementioned moonsault on the outside and the double foot stomp from the top rope as well. Black has Penta on the middle ropes, but Penta is able to fight through and land a mini avalanche fear factor on Black, and he cannot make the cover because Penta's back is giving him trouble. He waits about 10 seconds, goes for the cover, and Malachi Black gets his feet on the ropes to break up the pin attempt. And Penta goes for one more offensive move. His back continues to give him trouble, and he's wiped out Black Mass by Malachi Black as Black picks up the win, and he will move on to the four-way match for the All-Atlantic Championship going down at Forbidden Door. It will be Black 
versus the Bastard Pack versus Miro versus Tamahiro Ashii. And this has a makings of a show stealer on Sunday. Four absolute certified badasses putting in that work. And I cannot wait to see who's going to walk out the inaugural champion as the unintentional Pacific Ocean Shade continues. Next up is Hangman Adam Page versus Silas Young in a very good match. And Silas Young is the hometown guy over with the Milwaukee people as he delivers some stiff chops to Page early on. Page responds with an hour higher moonsault on Young before the break. We come back and Young briefly takes control, but Page makes a comeback by landing a suplex and a followaway slam and a kip up. A lariat sends Young to the floor where Page lands a plancha back in the ring. Page lands a diving clothesline for a near fall. Young responds with a backbreaker into a lariat for two and he follows things up with a moonsault but page avoids that lands a german suplex followed by the buckshot lariat for the win a very good match as adam cole grabs the mic to antagonize page right after the match is over but cole is immediately interrupted by the iwgp world heavyweight champion jay white and he continues to tease that he will not be facing adam cole or adam page for his title at the pay-per-view on sunday and he notes that hey cole i love you but you lost to Hangman Page not once but twice and the switchblade goes after Hangman Page Adam Cole gets involved he low blows Page when he goes for the buckshot lariat and this leads to Jay White going after Page and Cole grabs the IWGP heavyweight championship belt he's looking to smash Jay White from behind with it but Jay White turns around and Cole says hey it's not about you it's about Page they go to hit Page with the belt and then we have the coin drop and that means only one thing. Kazuchika Okada's in the house. He gets a huge pop. He fights off Jay White and Cole. Paige joins in and Okada goes for the Rainmaker on White. But White ducks as the heels retreat. And the baby faces stand tall to wrap up a very exciting segment which sets up a fatal four-way match this Sunday at Forbidden Door involving Jay White. Reigning defending IWGP World Heavyweight Champion versus the former champ Kazuchika Okada versus Adam Cole, Bay Bay versus Hangman Page. And on paper, the match sounds great. It might be a way to cover for Adam Cole's injury as he's still recovering from some nasty bumps he took at double to nothing against Samoa Joe for the Owen Hart Cup. But I don't like the fact that AEW teased outright Hangman Page versus Kazuchika Okada for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door. Then JY shows up saying, I'm not facing either one of you. And then we wonder who you facing. And then Okada shows up and now we have a four-way. Great, fine, whatever. It's going to be a very good match, but I still think there is more value in Page versus Okada one-on-one. They could have a hell of a match, but it's not meant to be this time around. The four-way will be very good, if not great, but it could be greater if this was a singles match at the end of the day. Next up is Tony Storm versus Marina Shafir, and this match was not very good. Marina Shafir has presence. She can talk, but she's not ready for prime time. There is a reason why she did not wrestle very much on NXT 1.0. She's got a ways to go, and she's been racking up wins on Dark and Dark Elevation, and that gives credence to title shots for the TBS and AEW Women's World Championship. I get that to a point, but if she's not whooping ass on TV and if she can't carry herself as a star in the ring, then she's not ready for the spot just yet. That should be reserved 
for the Ruby Soho's and the Chris Statlanders, in all honesty, the Athenas that you just signed recently. Let them be on a streak. Let them be dominant on the internet shows. Then carry that over to Dynamite when they can be over in front of the people on a more consistent basis. And in the event, Tony Storm fights through some interference from Nyla Rose, who lays her out the running set time on the floor as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Tony lays out Marina Shafir with a headbutt, followed by a tornado DDT on the floor. And she gets back in the ring to land a German suplex, followed by the hip attack. And she rolls up Shafir for the win after the match is over. Shafir and Alla Rose beat down Tony Storm until Thunder Rosa comes out to make the save. And Tony Storm wipes out Nala Rose with the AEW Women's World Championship belt before giving it back to Thunder Rosa ahead of their championship match this Sunday at Forbidden Door. And that match can be great if given time on the main, main card, of course. And now it is time for our main event featuring John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace of New Japan Pro Wrestling versus Chris Jericho and Lance Archer. And this match was very good. A nice spotlight match for the star of stars in Tanahashi as he was impressive but worked a smart match. Didn't want to give too much away ahead of his pay-per-view match against Moxley for the interim AEW World Championship match in a few days' time. In Chicago, Jericho gained the upper hand thanks to distraction of Sammy Guevara by drop-kicking Moxley off the ropes and onto the floor as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. At one point, Jericho lands a cold breaker on Tanahashi, and Tanahashi responds with a co-breaker of his own. After avoiding the Judas effect, he goes up top for the high fly flow. He lands it, but Jericho reverses it into the walls of Jericho, which forces Tanahashi to break the hold. Then we get a big old parade of finishes from the baby faces as Mox goes after Lance Archer with some big time strikes until Moxley fights out of a blackout attempt and lands the paradigm shift. And that allows Tanahashi to hit the high fly flow on Lance Archer for the win. After the match is over, we have a stare down between Moxley and Tanahashi ahead of their AEW World Championship match. Alphabet and Dora Kingston comes out there and he's on site with Chris Jericho. Sammy Guevara joins in on the beatdown. And as all of this is happening, we have Eddie Kingston, noted best friend of John Moxley, getting triple teamed by Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager. And he just stands there staring lovingly at Tanahashi and his beautiful luxurious hair thankfully willa yuda comes out there to make the save we got shiro inamo as well we got angelo parker and matt menard we got daniel garcia out there then Minoru suzuki just throws his ass down the ramp randomly and eddie kingston locks eyes ever so briefly with suzuki saying that is my kindred spirit we're gonna fight on sunday it's gonna be a nasty violent fight and before he can get into it Willa Yuta charters up on Minoru Suzuki. They get into it for a bit as well. Satana Ortiz comes out there to make the save. It's a melee. It's a full-on brawl. It's New Japan, AW Chaos. And the entire time, Moxley and Tanahashi are staring each other down. The stare down of the century is happening as the world burns around them. How's that for Anarchy at the Arena Part 2 as Dynamite goes off the air at the top of the hour? This was a curious way to end the show. The final image of Tanahashi and Moxley staring each other down for three good minutes because the match ended at 9.56 p.m. Eastern and they had about four minutes of airtime to kill and they decided this was the best way to hype up Forbidden Door. It was a choice. It was a curious decision. 
We'll see how it goes on Sunday. And the buy rate will be most curious. Has this build been enough to convince fans, hey, I'm dropping money regardless? I am because I want to see these dream matches. But at the same time, I think that AEW could have done a better job hyping up the show because you want to make sure you're educating your audience on who's who in New Japan. Everybody does not know everybody on the card. They know the big names, they know the heavy hitters and the legends, and after that, it's a blur. And when you're trying to hype up this event that has been three years in the making, you want this to be as special as possible, and you might give that lip service via the Countdown Special Following Rampage, but who's going to watch it besides the hardest of hardcore fans? You have a lot of real estate on TBS to get the most viewers on Dynamite, and a crash course would have been nice. The show will be really good but it could be even greater with proper promotion and hype because I feel like this is very all over the place and scattered, which has been my word of the month for AEW, a very scattered shot approach to booking and promotion. And I hope that things calm the hell down. Post Forbidden Door, Blood and Guts is next Wednesday, and that should clear the way for Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fallen, the bridge towards All Out in September and hopefully this company can get back on track with really good booking to complement the great matches they always produce on TV on a weekly basis. And with that, this wraps up a pretty solid episode of Dynamite, a good go-home show. It could have been better, but I think the show will exceed expectations because everybody is going to work their asses off to produce the best show possible. Chicago will be hyped, it will be lit, and it should be a great night of professional wrestling. But I do feel like there has been stuff left on the table that can be revisited next year for Forbidden Door Part 2 if we are so lucky to have a sequel. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 69 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AEW Dynamite on TBS. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, search Receptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tuna Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back Saturday morning with episode number 41 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AW Rampage, Late Night Rager. Until then, enjoy your Thursday and your Friday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.